This is the Women with Vision podcast, where we get real with some of the leading entrepreneurial superwomen about what it takes to build a business online and beyond with kids, husbands, and everything else. Hey there, superwomen. I am so excited today to talk to my next guest. You know, she has created her life around three pillars, healthy beauty, business, and wellness. And so she has a a mission to leave a legacy to Latino leaders. And I'm excited to talk to her about this. Uh, She is now working with a lot of the San Diego Latina community. And uh, I'm excited to have her. Marty, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm so blessed to be here. Thank you, Tamir. Yes. Well, you know, tell me a little bit about your background, because you know, you have, uh, you're the CEO of Angel Health and Education, you're an author, you're a podcaster, you're a former, uh, former formal educator and administrator. What made you transition into doing your own business? What, and then we want to, I'm definitely want to deep dive into those three pillars. <laughs> so, uh, actually I have been an entrepreneur and a job person. I'm one of those uh, straddlers since I was, you know, uh, since I was, I've been an entrepreneur since I was six. Yes. But, um, but always straddling, uh, having a business while I was an educator, while I was going through college, while I was, you know, all of that. So for me, it's, I don't know any other way. My mom was the same way. And my father, um, was an entrepreneur, a uh, prominent, um, you know, construction owner here in San Diego. And um, they were also very, very social, very um, uh, social in uh, social circles that were very sustain, you know, about sustainability and things like that. Um, and so it just is a very natural for me to always have a business running at the same time and I'm so incredibly grateful that I've always had a business and now it's, you know, due to COVID, it's actually, um, I would say, uh, blossomed into many more businesses. And uh, it's just, it's, it's just very natural, I want to say, very natural for me to have that. It sounds like you sound very similar to me because my parents were like that. They always had a business. I started, I was getting silly, silly thing. We were selling like art in front of our house, um, you know, in elementary school. I, I, it probably was hideous, but, you know, we thought we were doing something. <laughs> so the it, it, same with me, just comes very naturally to do. And I've always had some kind of thing. And I've always had a side hustle as well. Most of my uh, business career has been working in corporate America, but working very hard to figure out how I could leave corporate America. That was my whole thing. And so I know exactly what that looks like. What now, you know, I know you said your, your motto is you believe you can and let your Latina-ness show. Tell me what that, what does that mean? Well, so um, growing up, uh, growing up all through 
all through um, since I was in elementary school. So I, my first language is Spanish. Mm -hmm. My parents, even though we were here in the U.S., my parents said, no, you will learn Spanish first. And the English you're going to pick up, it's just going to be easy. My parents came over. My mom came over when she was 13. And my, my dad came over when he was 25. Okay. And so it was important for them, you know, important for them, for me and my um, brother to maintain the stability of our Spanish heritage, of our Mexican heritage. And, you know, and so it was just very natural for me to be able to speak Spanish. And interestingly enough, letting your Latina show what is has come around because I was actually prohibited, if that's a word, from allowing my Latinas to show. Uh, so when I was in kinder, I was told by my teacher that I wasn't allowed to speak Spanish. So because Spanish was the only language I was speaking, I then muted myself. Oh, wow. And so, you know, I became a, an introvert and I just would watch. But, you know, when I opened, when I did open my mouth, I was fully bilingual. So, uh, but, but I muted, I was, I, I, for half of the year I was muted. And when I went, so what happened was I opened my mouth. I started speaking, um, you know, English, uh, very, you know, very fluently, and they didn't know. So they, so in the middle of kindergarten, they moved me to first grade. And in first grade, I got slapped for speaking Spanish. And in second grade, I actually got put in a closet for speaking Spanish. Oh, my goodness. So I was and because I am of I'm not, I am not Mexican Mexican. And I'm, I'm, you know, a mix. My dad is Greek. Mm -hmm. So, but he, they, they moved, they actually moved to Mexico and came this way. Mm -hmm. So I have the olive, you know, complexion. So when I'm out in the sun, as soon as I go out in the sun, baby, I'm like, I'm like copper tone tan. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, so, you know, so I was always, and I'm such a sun bunny. I just love the sun. I live in Hawaii part time because I was actually working over there teaching the Latino population ESL. And a lot of people don't realize that the Latino population is so big on the big island. Wow. But um, so for me, it was about, you know, um, if you will, coming out of the dark, allowing myself to let my Latina show because I felt like I was always being um, sh uh, shoved into a closet if you will. Yeah. You because know, I, it was, go ahead. I wonder, is that, is that uh, common? Like, you know, I, I, I was just telling someone that I've been enjoying this so much, meeting so many amazing Latina females. I never got a chance to just stop and understand the diaspora of Latina, right? The different cultures that is Latina. And although we have a lot of things in common, there are some things that, you know, are like little nuances to the culture and things that I would never know, you know, that the immigrant experience and, you know, this 
this cross section with language and whether it's whatever is, is decided about what's, what's American enough or what's Latina enough. And that is a conversation I would imagine is common. It's, it's very common and it's, and being an educator, you know, it was, it never, it has, it's something that still continues to this day, but it's a little bit less to the point where when I was a teacher, I was told, even though I was an ESL teacher and I was a, you know, I was a, I was one of those teachers that um, I had multiple, um, you know, degrees so that I could teach. I was in business. I was in, um, you know, in, in uh, physical education. I was in, you know, I had the bilingual, bicultural. And so I was teaching ESL, but I was told by the principals and the and I was called into the superintendent because they found out that I was actually speaking Spanish to my ESL students to help bridge, bridge that, that right that learning right you, so I used it as a bridge not as a way of you know of keeping their Spanish you know language only and it was just a way to bridge Yes. And um, so it's 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 still very prevalent. And what I find in my podcast, which is Mujer de Exito Unbounded, is that my podcast is about that. It's about uh, interviewing all these women that have gone through this uh, point of being a survivor, if you will, of any kind of survivor, whether that is just a survivor here in the United States to becoming a thriver. So um, the the culture is very, very different, um, almost feeling as though, uh, and, and it's different for everybody because, you know, some of us ingest yeah. the emotions differently, right? And, and we perceive things differently. Some of us are more sensitive than others. Nice. Some of us, you know, let things slide. And it, it's just, it, it just is and how we deal with it is, is critically important that we begin to put a voice to it because there's so many women that I've interviewed on my podcast that have gone through all these trials and tribulations, but have never had an opportunity to be a voice. Right. or to be, a, to be heard. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that is, oh my gosh. What are some of the other things that you have had to go through, you know, with your business, starting a business, having it on the side, or transitioning from working at you know, an office to, you know, working with, you know, the Latinas that you're working with or the people, the women that you're working with? So, um, so transitioning and pivoting is is uh, I would say is my vocabulary, mm -hmm. I, right? <laughs> I mean, we're all that's like that's like the in thing. But I've always transition transitioned and pivoted. I, I I can't remember that. I'm I'm one of those unusual and very rare kind of people that thrives on change, yeah. and and the epitome of change is for the first. I would say 12 years of my first child's life, every year we moved to a different home on purpose because I didn't want to get really, really comfortable. I wanted to be able to 
have that change, have that resiliency, because I really believe that once we embrace change, we become more resilient, right? right. So it's just, it for me, it's just been something that has always been. So as my business has transitioned, uh, it's, I have, you know, various different businesses. They're all, they mostly all fall under my three pillars. Mm -hmm. And and they all have a reason why they fall under my three pillars and yeah. in a personalized reason. So, uh, so the, the pivoting is, is just so natural for me. I mean, it's, it's, I don't think about it. It's like, okay, what needs to be done next? And, That's and nice. so when I, so when we were hit with COVID, it was like, okay, I was already transitioning to online. I had just, you know, the beginning of March, I had already, you know, my team, I said, we're going online, had no idea that we were really going to go online. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? And, um, you know, and, and I, and I've reddened up, you know, even at the college when I was teaching, um, parent classes and I was teaching students, uh, I was asked by my dean to create a course for uh, for the uh, you know what we call the continuing ed on so that we could get students on what it would take to become a social media manager, especially a bilingual one, mm -hmm. because there's a right now the largest segment of the population that is growing into entrepreneurship is the Latina oh, segment. Wow, yeah, yeah. So we have had more Latina entrepreneurs made throughout this um, last two years mm -hmm. than ever before. Yes. And because of that, a lot of us code switch. So when we code switch, we need, we need uh, social media managers that understand the culture because it's so different and we joke differently. And we, you know, we might be, we might be speaking like you and I, and then we'll throw in a Spanish word. And and the Latina can come from Costa Rica, can come from Puerto Rico, can come from all different, you know, um, Colombia, uh, Peru, and, you know, and, and we all do the same thing. It doesn't matter where we came from. We all code switch. Yes. Very easily and very frequently. So it's just something that I was already getting ready to pivot. And so my first first course came out i just had launched it march of you know march of um 2020 on how to become a social media manager 30 days mm -hmm. to find out if that's really what it was for you so it was like i was always i'm because i think i'm because i'm always pivoting right i was always you know ahead of the game so yeah so uh, you know pivot and changes it's something that comes naturally to me and I really think that it's also something that has been able to help me be more successful. Yeah, I agree. You know, and, and I think, you know, because of your experience and having to always ride a culture fence, you know, you're, you're having to, like, you're at home, you're speaking Spanish, you're at work school, you can't speak Spanish. You're always having to like ride that fence at all times. I mean, I know African-Americans, we have it. 
Uh, we do it in certain ways, especially if you were raised a certain way, we can code switch like on your, on your butt, but it's not, but it's not a language code switch. You know, it's not like in the middle of it. I mean, sometimes it's kind of a, we get a familiar kind of like girl, you know, we, we can do that kind of thing, which is right. kind of fun. Um, but it's not as completely like Spanish, you call it Spanglish, you know, just a quick like yeah. switch up, you know, in the middle of the conversation, and which I've seen my girlfriends do all the time, you know, Latina. Right. Girl. Yes, and in, in, in the education world, as a matter of fact, there there used to be when I was um, when I was a um, a mentor teacher, I actually was on loan to the California State Department mm -hmm. to help write a book called Caught in the Middle because oh, it wow. it yeah. it was about that because when you're Latina or you know you're a Latinx now you know, some people like it, some people don't, but when you're there, you're caught in the middle because when I would go to Mexico, I wasn't, I was not Mexican enough. Yes. And when I'm here, I was not white enough. Right. So you're always caught in the middle. You're never good enough for them and you're never good enough for here. And what I saw as an educator is that there are so many, you know, there are so many hidden and underlying um, archetypes that that come out of that and so many of our students and so many of our women especially Latina women that have those archetypes that are hidden that are caused because of that caught in the middle space right right yeah oh my goodness what do you think um inspires you now I would uh, my 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 inspiration is to leave a legacy of Latina leaders behind me. Yes. So that because growing up, I never saw anybody that looked like me. And to this day, I'm going to be honest, I have always worked with one to three coaches at the same time, mm -hmm. but never have those coaches been Hispanic because they're not really out there. Mm -hmm. If they're out there, if they're in Mexico, but right. I'm talking about somebody that's like me, right. somebody that has two voices, because that's what it feels like to me. Yes. I have, I'm living two lives. I'm, I, I, I have two voices. Yes. And, and so that inspires me so that people, when they see me, they, they say, Oh, there's a Latina coach. She lives in the U.S., but she studied in Mexico, and she studied in the U.S., and she can help me because, you know, these people don't know me completely. Right. And one of the things that we need to be really honest about, and sometimes I rub people the wrong way, is because I, I ask them how, you know, I ask the coaches that some very, you know, prominent high paid coaches that if I said their name, people were like, uh, but I asked them, how can you actually help me grow my Latino, um, you know, my Latina um, uh, community, right. if that's my niche market, if you are not part of my niche market, how can you, you know, I don't, I just don't see how it's possible culturally. And they all tell me the same thing. A woman is a woman. And I'm like, no, I'm no, sorry. No, there are nuances. There are nuances. And special, especially when, um, when you're dealing with levels of comfortability, like you, if I, 
And I get what you're saying because I could say as a black female, now I am, I don't look like a chameleon. I look like a black female to me, right? But I, and I was telling my son who's half Japanese, he's black and half black Japanese. So I told him, I said, I get that you feel like you're not a part of either one, not acceptable in either one. I get it. You feel like you're out of place a little bit in both sides. I said, the good thing about him and the way I feel about myself is it's not that I don't, I don't belong to either one, is that I can dip in and out of everybody's thing because of that experience, right? I can dip into a white a thing, an Asian thing, a Latina thing, and not forever, <laughs> right? Okay. But I can dip in for a little bit because I know what it means to not really completely belong, but know how to like make it work, right? For a little right. while, right? So, but there are nuances to being a Latina woman. There are nuances and, to being a black woman, and and um and there are so many different um you know cultural differences yes. as well. You know, so so my that's my that's that's my impotence. I want to be there because I have two daughters, and I want them to see that they can do anything that they want. Doesn't matter if they're half. Mexican or full Mexican or you know or or even Latinx or whatever it is the point is is that even with my students you know my students are like we're so happy that we have you because you understand us yes and you know and even when I was teaching I was like there were there were 12 of us 12 of us Latinx students student teachers and so yet 86 percent of the population here in san diego in the school community was latino oh wow so it's like okay so and so that's where it is i just want to give i want to be that voice i want to i want to be the person that you know that opens the road and says look behind me come some more Right. Yeah. You know what is so important now that you're even saying that there's so many now let to next uh, people that are starting to start their own businesses. Last couple of years has become much more prominent. And so with all these people coming in, they're going to need choices. Maybe they never thought of coaching as something, or maybe they didn't think they had anything to coach with or had anything to give to someone. And you're here to say, you know what? Yes, you do right? I will coach you. I will help you. I will help you take whatever you have experienced throughout your life. And there's someone that needs to know that. It absolutely true. Absolutely true. Because there are a lot of Latinos that don't even realize that there is such a thing as a coach, right? You see, it's, it's like, okay, we need to do this. We need to coach. And I find that Daily, I'm, you know, my husband is the CFO of a microfinance lending company. And right now, they are actually looking at expanding and doing their, you know, giving more loans to minority women. And, uh, you know, and so I, they use me to be able to speak to these people. And, and it's just so it's so nice to see that they're like, oh, you know me, you feel me and 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 then help them, you know, get to that next level. Yeah. So I just love it. I just really love it. I'm still teaching. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just teaching in a, 
a different capacity. Yeah, I love that. Well, what would you tell to a Latin female who was, you know, considering going to, into coaching or just now realizing as they're listening to us talk, like, wait, I didn't even know that was a thing. You know, I would love to find out more information or I would love to figure out how do I get started? So what would you tell her to do to get started? Reach out to, you know, there, I, I'm not the only Latina coach out there, but if, you know, to reach out, to really do the research and reach out and, you know, and, and ask some questions, you know, one of the things that I learned you know, obviously for me, coaching became something that uh, that I kind of, I hesitated because I was like, well, I was a teacher and I can teach, but coaching is so different, right? right? So um, I hesitated myself until I did the research. Yes. So I would say, get in there, ask questions, do the research. There's people out there like me that wanna help you succeed and you got this you can do this you are latina strong you are you know mujer de éxito unbounded and you know and just go for it but there's beauty coaches out there there's business coaches out there there's health coaches out there there's a coach for everything there's even relationship coaches out yeah. there so it's like go for it you know, find your, and always remember this. This is one thing I always tell everybody is a good coach will always have a coach. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Right? You think about any high performing individual, uh, even if they're, you know, if whatever, whatever they're in sports or business, they always have a coach. Yes. Yeah. I very, agree. very cool. Very cool. Well, I know there's going to be some women listening to this and they're going to think, Okay, I need to find out Marty Angel, what she's talking about. I need to find her. I know you have a website. Tell us yes. where else you can we can find you. So I'm all over social media mm -hmm. as and my my handle is just Marty Angel underscore ELC for empowering Latina coach. Mm -hmm. um, that a name that was not that I did not choose. A name was given to me by one yeah. of my clients. It was like, oh my gosh. And it was so many, many moons ago. Um, you know, at my age, I've I've lived through. Uh, the other day, I got a call from a, an ex student says, "Do you remember me?" And I'm going like, "Ooh, <laughs> let's just uh, say." <laughs> I was like, "Oh my God, talk about blast from the past!" Right. You know, that's so. awesome. That's awesome. Well, definitely check her out. Go to Marty Angel ELC. Um, and also you have martyangel.com. Yes, I have martyangel.com. And um, yeah, so you can just look Marty Angel. That's it. I'm just, everybody knows me, you know, as Marty Angel. I love it. Well, Marty, thank you so much. This has been a joy to talk to you and get your perspective. And I'm excited for everything that we're going to be doing. Uh, and I'm excited for everyone to, you know, learn more about you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate this time. I'm so incredibly grateful for your time and everything you're doing. This is, this is amazing. I jumped on because I jumped on to this project because of the fact that you were actually, you know, doing this Latina thing. Cause I've been, um, I'm an ebook author already and I've been asked to be an author, but something about your project moved me. So I want to say thank you so much.